Lord, we ask for hearts of good soil. That as you release your word, as you're about to do, that the word would find a receptive, readied heart. Lord, we've all come in here in different capacities, with different stories, with different sin, with different struggles, with different joys, with different sorrows. But no matter how we came in here, we've come to meet with you. And we know, Jesus, that your word is spirit and life. We know that when your word was released to the exiles of Israel, it was met with weeping because of the joy to again receive the word after the famish of being exiled. We know that, Lord, when Josiah found your word, the whole palace, the whole empire, the whole nation got turned upside down because when your word is received and when it's brought back to the center, you, with your word and the power of the Spirit, have have an ability to transform everything in us and around us. And so, Lord, as we come... And you open your word to us, Lord. We ask for nothing less than total transformation. Holy Spirit, you have to breathe on these words of this man. We thank you that you love, you love, you love to instruct and guide your children into greater measures of freedom and truth in life. And so to that end, we pray, believing that you are going to do things in us and through us and around us this year, that we ask that we wouldn't be able to hold it in this building. We love you. Amen. Woo! You're going to have to just get over it. When we, when we fast, I'm a big blubbering baby, so you're going to have to just deal with it for three weeks. Um, just get over it. I, as I said in my few emails, um, one of the number one fruits to me of fasting, whatever kind of fast you do, media, you saw the email. If you didn't, I can get it to you. Or Daniel fast or juice fast or one meal or two meals or entertainment or Instagram or um, Facebook Whatever it is, one of my favorite fruits of fasting is just an increased hunger and just a sensitivity to the Lord. And even if that was the only fruit of fasting, that would be worth it. Let me say that again. Even if the only fruit of entering into the grace of fasting was an increased awareness for the presence of the Lord, that would be a good enough fruit. And as I wrote and I... I think so many of us, and I include me in the us, my goodness, in a big way, especially in the season we just went through with holidays and travel and way too much food. (laughs) Come on, somebody. (laughs) That it's so, um, it's so 
it's so easy to allow first love to get knocked to second and third and fourth. If, if, you, if you can bear witness to that, can you say amen? And so I, and, and this is our official um, first day. You haven't blown it yet. We can start at sundown, so don't, don't freak out and feel guilty. And, um, but God's people have fasted for seasons and periods of time since the beginning of God's people. Just so you know, uh, biblically speaking, um, when there was need for breakthrough, the kings of old, they didn't mince words, they didn't mince strategies. Those who tracked with the Lord would call the people of God to fast, to align themselves with God, to posture themselves for the provision and the power that only Yahweh could bring when they're surrounded. Jesus, in the greatest sermon ever preached, um, in Matthew 6 alone, um, says, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast, as if he doesn't even bat an eye, that these will be normal parts of the lifestyle of a disciple, one who is following and learning to live all of life, submitted to and partnered with Jesus Christ. He just said, when you, when you pray, when you give, when you fast. So this is not some, some out of the left field activity. All of us come from different tribes and streams and dominations and backgrounds. But if you're here at Cornerstone, consider yourself invited to participate in Fast Forward 2017. And consider yourself invited to participate in allowing Jesus to be the bread from heaven that really nourishes us more than anything else can. Where Jesus is the Isaiah 12 prophesied well of salvation where we draw from that well and the result is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And, 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 and so many of us... Um, um, what I want to say at the very beginning of this talk is your walk with God, your journey with Jesus, your inner reality, it's not left just with the circumstances and the wind of life. The, the destination, the inner reality of your heart before the Lord right now. It's not just something you wake up and you just hope it works out. I want you to know the authority of God's word. You and I have a part to play in our experience with God as we operate and cooperate with his grace. I, I don't know if that was clear, but, but so many of us, so many of us, and as a dad of three, I feel like life so often just has me running ragged. And I want you to know those who feel low on hope today with your walk with God wherever you're at, that there is hope for you today. There is hope for your heart. There's hope for your mind. There's hope for your body. There's hope for your relationships today. You're not left just with being thrown out in the environment and the wind and the waves of the world and of the culture. I want you to know there's hope today. That God in Christ has invited us through the grace of prayer and fasting to again 
uh, investigate that which our hearts are tethered to and to again by grace and in cooperating with the Spirit to shore that thing up and to make sure that the funnel is flowing so that the grace that we need to operate and cooperate with God flows readily. I want you to know there's hope today. No matter where you feel God is in your life, if he's far or distant or you're bound by addiction. Man, I've been reading and studying statistics, how many men, even in the church, I'm going there, struggle with pornography. I mean, I'm just, I'm just always constantly reading about the idols of our culture and those things that allure us. And I want you to know, whatever your sin today or your addiction or the thing that you feel like owns you, I want you to know there is power in the name of Jesus for you. And I want you to know that you are not just a product of your circumstances, but that God actually has a solution. God actually has hope for you and power, and he's inviting us to again look to him and receive that which we could not manufacture on our own. There is hope, church, called Cornerstone here on the corner in Santa Maria, California. There's hope for you today. And one of the beauties of, of fasting and prayer is that that hope can move from the face of confessional reality. Okay, Jesus is my living hope, 1 Peter 1, 4. To a head reality. Okay, I know it's bigger than that. Okay, he is my hope and the anchor for all of my thoughts and my faith, Hebrews 6, 19. But I want you to know that part of the beauty of fasting, the grace that the Lord releases as we deny ourselves of some things so that we can feast on some things. Come on. And when we do that, it moves from confessional cerebral to Colossians 1.27, where Christ is in you, the hope of glory. And the grace of fasting and prayer is that it allows this process where so many of us are stuck in the confessional and our hearts are cold or we're just stuck in the cerebral. I know it's true because I studied it, but I want you to know the grace he wants to bring us into in 2017 is so that when people out there see cornerstone people, it's an inner burning reality where Christ really is our hope of glory. Christ is our hope. Christ is the one who is reigning and ruling, yes, at the right hand of the Father, Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, but he's also reigning and ruling, Luke 17, in my heart, so that wherever I walk, the kingdom and the reality of God's reign and rule, it just starts trickling and breaking out all around me. Not because of you or because of me, but because of our awareness of who is in me and who is over me and who is around me, who has gone before me. And Isaiah, who is my rear guard? And that he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. I'm telling you, when this, when this reality can with a greater measure grip our hearts, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's nothing that God can't do in and through you. Fasting, the invitation to fast and whatever kind. I, I had Ken, there's a ton of resources I have printed and I can get them to you. There's a, if you're like, what do I do? I have a lot of resources to give you, okay? So don't freak out. But fasting realigns us with our original purpose and design and commission as Christ followers. I would say that one of the fruits of fasting um, I'll just list these if you're taking notes. I don't know if anyone's writing or your smartphone or whatever you're doing.
Praise the Lord. The only problem with having a bunch of different devices, like your iPhone, smartphone, iPad, computer, is not all of them are sunked up or synced up together. Come on, somebody, say, first word problem, first world problem. Get over it. I'm over it. Sorry, our internet's pretty bad. I got to rock, walk. Just let me walk over here because the internet's working. There we go. All right. Whew. Praise God. Got it. Woo. <laughs> it's okay to have fun in church, isn't it? Are you ready? Here's eight machine gun um, blessings of when you mix prayer and fasting together. Number one. It's an invitation to experience the love of God in a new and fresh way. Again, if that was the only fruit, I would be happy. I would go home right now. Romans 5.5, 5, part of the Holy Spirit's, 1 John 3.1, part of the Holy Spirit's favorite thing to do is to reveal the love of God to the human heart. And apparently, when Paul prayed in Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, apparently the love of God is so profound that we need to be strengthened with power in our inner being through the power of God's Spirit to comprehend and experience the width, length, height, and depth of the love of God that is ours in Christ. Apparently, if Paul thought I needed power to experience it, that means that one of the number one of dynamics of a fasted lifestyle and journey together is we will experience, not earn, say not earn, not but experience, become aware of the amazing love that God has for us in Christ Jesus. That's number one. It's just going to keep getting cool. Number two, fasting and prayer. Here's what happens. So um, if, if, you, if you go to Mark, I'm just going to paraphrase this because I want to pray it. And they give a lot, plenty of time for prayer. But in Mark uh, chapter 8, there's, a, there's just a, uh, there's a weird story. Weird because you can read a billion commentaries on it and they've all got different opinions. But it's that story in Mark 8 where the guy gets touched. Remember, Jesus is touching him and he touches him and he heals him partially and he says, what do you see? Anyone know that story? Help me. No one? It's okay. He says, I see men as trees walking. So, like, hold on. Jesus has all authority and power. He just speaks a word and the universe is made. Why the two touches? And he touches them again. He says, now what do you see, buddy? Oh, I can see. I'm convinced that the very next chapter, so that's Mark 8, Mark chapter 9 which is the story of the disciples who come down off the Mount of Transfiguration and they see the teachers of the law and all the religious leaders and the other nine disciples who didn't get to go up the mountain arguing because there is a boy who the disciples could not drive the demon out of and the disciples had already been given authority over that thing three chapters earlier in chapter six and the disciples are puzzled. Jesus goes, what is up with your faith? You forgot who you were. Don't you remember? I just gave you an anointing to do that three chapters ago. He didn't say that because there wasn't chapters and verses. But the disciples apparently forgot their M.O. on how to operate and cooperate and live out their commission before the Lord. Anyone struggle with that one? Okay. All of us. And so Jesus is like, hurry up. The crowd's coming. And he's never about trying to just 
be flashy. So he hurries up. He takes care of business. The demon is exercised. The disciples go with Jesus behind closed doors, and they go, dude, what's up? Why couldn't we do that? He said, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. And I don't know what the two touches is about. I have some strong opinions. I love the two touches. But could it be that one of the second fruits of fasting is when you combine prayer and fasting, it is the, two t- the divine two touches so that we can see and hear and live out of our identity of what is true of us in and through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. That even as they needed one, the guy got one touch and he saw trees, fuzzy. Another touch he could see clearly. I'm convinced, beloved, that the, the combination of prayer and fasting is God's invitation to see God, see self, and to see others through his lens and through his paradigm. Amen. How many know we need that in our day? Yeah. We, need, uh, we need to live and, and, and experience a grace that helps us get above the clamor and the clanging of cultural wars and idols and ideologies and and, and, and idiosyncrasies and the, the weirdness that people carry. Come on, you're sitting next to them. I'm standing up here. We're, we, we're weird. We got stuff to overcome and we're goofy and funky. And I want you to know that one of the other graces the Lord releases in prayer and fasting is a renewed ability to see and hear as from heaven's perspective. Thank you, Samuel. You're helping me. I'm going to keep going. Number three, one of the, one of the main reasons... One of the main uh, you know, fruits of fasting, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 18. I wish whoever made all the chapters and verses hundreds of years ago, they would have left this all in one chapter because it's weird. But 2 Corinthians 6, 18 through 2 Corinthians 7, 1. When we fast, we are saying no to some of the unchecked pursuits of our flesh We're saying no to some things so that we can say yes to greater holiness. Are you tracking with me? We're saying no to some things. Did you know that um, many of us get in trouble not by, you know, that? well, I don't know many, probably a lot of us. Our trouble is not so much that we partake in bad things, it's that we partake too much in things that are good and then they become bad because it's too much. Did you know that? That that's not okay with the Lord. That he has grace for us to walk and to be people who can receive his good creation with joy and thanksgiving and to not allow it to to overconsume, but to bless us and nourish us to, to go back out and to participate in becoming and being God's people. But the problem is when you have a little bit of compromise in a lot of places, you know what you got there? You got a big old pile of compromise. Are you tracking with me? This, is, this can happen easy with entertainment or food. or It can just happen. And I'm, this is just true. So one of the things in fasting is a, a renewed grace to pursue purity. A renewed grace to pursue being a person that's not just trying to walk all these fine lines and legalism and did I do too much or that much, but who just jump on into the fire of God, Malachi 3, whose intent is to purify us so that we're a shiny, peculiar people that when the world sees us, it's like seeing little, tiny, radiant Christ followers who, whose faces glow. And uh, anyway, I think that's good. I got help on the front row, girl. Come on. This is tight. 
I got front on the front and the back and all around. This is good. Hey, I'm, come on, girl. I, I ain't tripping. So, for, so, so, so if you're taking notes, to experience God's love, to see God's self and others through heaven's perspective, for purity, here's a good one, and does anyone need a little more of this? For power. Come on. Power for what? All of it. <laughs> to love my neighbor as myself. How about there? Does anyone have a goofy neighbor? I'm thankful we don't have cameras in here, so if my neighbors actually stumbled upon our website, we need power. The whole Christian life is walking on water. You have to hear that. The whole Christian life, if it's done in the spirit of Christ, it's all walking on water. From loving your neighbors to seeing the masses and all you got is five loaves and two fishes, that's all part of Christianity. To loving my enemy, not just my brother. Come on, you can't do that in your own ability. To when you see someone who's possessed or who's bound or who's addicted, that you're not just left with twiddling thumbs, that there is actually one who reigns on his throne and he reigns in and through you. To bring freedom for the captives and release from bondage for those who've been bound by sin's great dark sway. I'm telling you, guys, he wants to release power over his church. And I said purity first because power without purity gets all funky and bent out of shape. But purity and power, it is. It's the essence of the gospel. The power of the gospel is not just pray a prayer and you get out of here someday. The power of the gospel is that he transforms you from the inside out. He fills you with his spirit and then he sends you to affect what he has made possible in all of the earth. Amen. You are and I's job description, if, it's, if it was true of Jesus, it is true of you and I. Obviously, apart from the whole cross that pays for the reality of sin, that was what he alone could do because he's the only one who didn't sin. Amen. But Acts 10, 38, man, if, if I had tattoos, that might be a good one. I don't. So don't be all bent out of shape. And no offense if you have one. I love tattoos. But Acts 10, 38 is Jesus' job description. How God was with Jesus and anointed him with power. And he went around. What did he do? Who's got it? Come on. Now, who opened it? Someone, someone read it out loud. Hold on. Listen up. Scott's got it. Read it loud. That's a good day. How God was with Jesus and anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. I'm telling you, there, it's, like, it's like every Christian is a V8. But, a, but apart from the revelation and the reality and the, the awakening of our hearts to what is actually true of us in Christ Jesus, we function as if we're a little V4. No offense to all y'all. I got a V4, so I'm not tripping. But when I drive with Patrick in his big old V8 Ram truck, 
That baby purrs. Come on. And I want you to know that 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 purity and that power, one of the things that the Raiders taught me, and I'm not a Raider fan, no offense to those who are kind of licking their wounds today. We're going to have to pray about that later. But the revelation, the Lord was speaking to me, and don't get all freaked out, but that clearly when they lost David Carr, everyone knew their chances were done. David Carr, Derek Carr. Um, Derek Carr, who's also an unbelievable, fire-filled, spirit-filled Christian. He's awesome. Who handled it amazingly. But the revelation was this. So many of us, if your view of church is that whoever's on this stage is your super-anointed quarterback or whatever, and the only way we're going to win as a church is if he brings or she brings a good word or a good song, I want you to know the kingdom, it is the exact opposite. The Spirit of God, Joel 2 and Acts 2, is a, is a reality that God wants every man, woman, boy, and girl so that the whole team can always win. No matter who's throwing the ball or who's on the other end to receive it, the Holy Spirit is not just for a select few. You and I live in a reality of 1 Peter 2, 9 where we're all a priesthood of believers, a chosen royal holy people. That God wants to make his praises known through in the world. And I want you to know that our, I don't want to build and be a part of building a church where if our quarterback goes down, man, I want to see every single one of us throwing the pass, catching the ball, and running in our lane. And part of the, part of the grace of a corporate fast is that you better just watch out because the Holy Spirit just might start empowering you to live out of the identity that you thought was lost or hidden or that you'd never reach. But I want you to know, God wants you to know who you are so you can live out of the reality. That makes me happy. Boom. Sometimes you got to just give a right cross, you know. Holy Spirit, he is good. Um. I, I can, there's like eight, but okay, hurry up. Part of the grace that God wants to release through, through, through fasting. Did you know that, that um, I, my daughter, my daughter Mackenzie, who's my joy and my delight, 80% of the time, all the time. <laughs> it's higher than 80, 81. But um, she likes to do campouts. In our house. You know what that means? Every toy. And whatever the location for her camp out is, that's where all of her toys are going. And you should see her. I pray for her back. Because she carries her chair, all of her stuff. And I want you to know that part of the grace that God, part of the, what God wants to release in this fast together is some of you are going to experience the different dynamics of the 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 gifts of the Spirit, but you have no place to receive them because your hands are full with other stuff. And like my daughter, when she does campouts, if I came in, you know, and I, what does she love? She, she loves those little cheesy uh, mystery packs that you buy at Walmart and you open them and they're always a My Little Pony or something. She wouldn't be able to receive from her daddy if I came in when she was consumed with her own things. She couldn't receive my gifts. Because she was preoccupied with her own thing. And I want you to know, part of what I, I'm challenging you to watch out for, God wants to bestow 
and to allow the gifts of his spirit to function and flow in and through your life as you say no to some things so that you can say yes to the thing, him, him. And I want you to know you need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you didn't think you needed them, I'm telling you on the authority of God's word, we need them. They are divine empowerments to be God's people. The grace gifts that the Lord wants to bestow. So, that, so watch out for that. Number six, ha. Huh? Witness. Power to witness. It just happens. Why are you doing what you're doing? Because you'll get asked that. And don't be awkward, okay? I know it says in Matthew 6 that when you fast, do not let your, you know, don't put oil on your head, wash your face, do not be obvious to men that you're fasting while your father's unseen. Listen, don't be awkward for the next 21 days when people ask you, why are you doing this or that? Just tell them, right? And then watch for the why. Why are you doing that? Guys, I'm telling you, God is going to empower us for witness in 2017. It's going to blow our minds. Come on, somebody. Who wants that one? I want that one. I want that one. I don't want to be scared. I don't want to be concerned with, do I have to figure out all the answers to what my neighbor or colleague or coworker or my friend or the stranger, do I, I don't want to be so concerned with trying to worry about the the end result, instead of just being present in the moment and allowing the Holy Spirit to just move me at the impulse of the Father's love, I'm telling you guys, 2017 is going to be a year for greater witness than we've ever seen. It's going to be awesome. I'm happy. Woo! Number seven, this is true throughout all of church history and throughout, throughout the revivals of the Bible. God always, always brings breakthrough when we pray and fast. I got two guys who need breakthrough. Who needs breakthrough in a kid, in their health, in something? Again, prayer and fasting is not like rubbering, you know, the magic belly. But I'm telling you, when God's people cried out in Exodus 4, God said, okay, now is time to fulfill my prophetic word to Abraham way back in Genesis 17 through 22. I'm telling you, when we cry out and we say no to a few things and we say yes to him, and we allow those things in our hearts that we thought were just hopeless or maybe we didn't want to get our hope up so we just buried them on the shelf. It's time to bring them off the dirty shelf, to bring them again on the altar before the Lord and say, God, I'm posturing myself. I'm contending and believing that your word is still true. Jesus, Hebrews 13, 8 is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so you have all authority and power where, not just in heaven, beloved, although that's pretty good, on the earth as well, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. So every single area in your life, this is a season to bring it before the Lord and to expect breakthrough. And here's how I know that. Because it doesn't take any faith for the alternative. It doesn't take any faith to not believe God. It doesn't take any faith to believe that the situations you're going through or your lost spouse or son or daughter or friend or your situation at work, it takes no faith to just live in neutral and say it just is what it is. And I want you to know that he is looking for those who will cling to him and to believe his promises. And fasting and prayer, I don't know what it does from our gut to our head to our hands to our feet to our eyes to our ears and together as a community, it just kind of it tweaks the faith muscle where you just start believing a little bit more that the promises just might be true for you. Hallelujah. 
and then opportunities. There's so many other reasons to fast and pray, but those of some of you are in transition, who would say, Chatty, I believe that I'm in a season of transition. Can you just raise your hands? Vocationally, relationally, oh my goodness, look at those hands. I mean, the whole church almost. God wants to, if you just watch through the book of Acts, through prayer and fasting, it's beautiful. The Holy Spirit would find his way into the room where they're praying and fasting, and he would manifest and make known the mysteries and purposes and will of God. And when that would happen in Acts chapter 12, I can find the other references. I didn't write them down. When that happens, it provides a door of opportunity for the people, people of God to take another step. And I want you to know, for those of you who feel like you've been just spinning out, I've been, I'm one of them, if I'm going to be honest. I feel like I've been spinning out on some things. I'm telling you, God wants to unveil some opportunities that are just right in front of us. And he's going to, for those vocationally or relationally, those in, those in your life that you're contending for opportunities or a transition, I want you to know he actually is going to show you and tell you. He wants to empower you. And he's, the way, listen, the peace he wants to give you, knowing that you're walking and operating in the fullness of his will, is what's going to carry you through when you realize his will is not always easy to accomplish, but it's easy in the sense that you know he's called you and he will never leave you or forsake you. The yoke that is easy and the burden that is light. Jesus is calling us to be yoked to him and to watch and to take our cue from him. And he will empower us and walk with us in 2017. And I'm just believing for an increase in your health, an increase in your relationships, an increase of your finances. I'm not a name it, claim it, but I'm just a Bible guy. And I was convinced he wants to release grace on his people so that whatever they are flourishing in, they're an asset to the kingdom. He wants to do that. God wants to show off in and through his people to a world that now is not just tempted to disbelieve. Now they're tempted and being prodded to believe. I read that or I studied it recently about just this post-Christendom era, this post-whatever, everything's post-whatever. But whereas in your generation, if you're 50, 60, and 70, the temptation was to disbelieve, and that was the sort of temptation. Now in our culture, it's not just that they're disbelieving. Now they're tempted to look towards something that's compelling and to believe in it. Did you see that? The difference is, for many of us, we grew up and we, we struggled with our doubts. I'm telling you, now the people aren't so much struggling in their doubts, waiting for everyone to answer their questions. They're waiting to see something that's compelling to jump into and believe in and to run after. And those opportunities, that's number eight. When God's people... Okay, we're going to close with this. this is, so, is anyone happy? I'm happy. I, would, I mean, I get to preach on fasting for three weeks, so I shouldn't have probably said everything in my first sermon. <laughs> God is faithful. Um, I just believe. No way, I'm saving that. I'm saving that for next week, because that's a lot of good stuff right there. You can't, you can't make me. So... 
it's sort of fun because I feel like in many ways um, I've put God on the spot a little bit. But I'm pretty sure he's got what it takes. Because you can listen to this message online later. Every single thing has been tethered to the word. And I'm telling you, this year is the year. It is the year. It is the year. For you and I. For our church, for our city, for our families. It's time. It's time for us to take that next step in God. It's time. It's time for us to, to grow in confidence and courage in our identity. It's time for us to no longer, Hebrews 12, to be tripped up by all those besetting little tiny sins that just leave you paralyzed and bound and guilty and feeling condemned. It's time to throw them aside and to run after Jesus with renewed passion and faith. It's time. And the coolest part about all of this is that when we do it together, can you imagine next week, after a week, and you're, you know, if you do the Daniel fast, which is what I'll probably do with some liquids and stuff, but um, can you imagine coming week after week on a Sunday gathering where the majority of the gathering was sharing answer to answers to prayer. Wow. Yeah. Hold on, don't you dare peg me as a thir almost 33-year-old um, idealist. Why not? Why not? Where week after week, it's just, it's not so much how the Chargers did or wherever your team is or, or hey, how about the rain? Although you can talk about all those things, but... I can't wait to tell you what God did in and through my life this week. I can't wait to tell you the response because we did a little bit of humbling ourselves and a little bit of denial, but we, we, re, we jumped into the endless, vast resources of heaven that are ours, Ephesians 1.3, in and through Christ Jesus. Can you imagine, beloved? Woo! Can you imagine your prodigal coming home in the next 21 days? Come on. Can you imagine? Come on. Can you imagine a transfer to the job that you always dreamed? Can you imagine that when you opened your Bible, the book didn't stay closed, but the Lord spoke to you and stirred your heart? Can you imagine? Can you imagine that when you prayed, you didn't just think you were praying to your wall, but you saw God with renewed vision, and you realized he is a human at the right hand of God who loves you and it burns for you as his bride. Can you imagine if you experienced something in you when a conversation was brought up and it, it didn't just try to pull you, it actually moved you because your heart is submitted to the one who reigns in you and you had words for things and situations you didn't know you had. I'm not painting some fancy picture. These are all a reality that God is inviting us into. It's like God invites us into our future like this. Did you know that? Because he's the Alpha and the Omega, so he's the beginning and the end. He's all in between. So he's just going like this. You have no idea. This is so, your future is so good if you'll just allow me to have my way in and through you. It's going to be stunning. 
And so, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to be sending, again, I, got, I had a fever on Wednesday. Th- sorry, I only gave you two emails. My last email was the equivalent of at least two or three, so get over it. So I did make good on my word um, to give you several emails, but I, I want to, um, we'll constantly be in communication on our website, Facebook, email, and with each other um, on just how to steward this, how to pray, how to engage, how, what do I do? One of the things I want to challenge you to do, if you have a piece of paper, get it out, or, or your smartphone. Um, everyone get something to write. And Emily, you can come and play just some uh, keyboard stuff. Your smartphone or whatever, I want us to right now, I just want you to ask the Lord. And don't look at what the Lord tells the person next to you. That's cheating. I just want you to ask the Lord, Jesus, what do you have for me in this season of fast forward? Just ask him. What would you have me do, Lord? Would you want me to partner with this thing? Would you want me to commit? Just think about that. And then I want you to ask the Lord, what are one or two, if you have a big old list and it all comes readily, but the smaller probably the better so you can stay focused, what are some areas of breakthrough, things that you want God to breathe power or purity on? I just want you to write those down as a record between you and Lord, you and the Lord. Something you want guidance in or direction. I believe he actually wants to show you. He actually wants to tell you. And if you can, just write that down on your phone or your... Here's how I'm going to close. Did anyone get anything? Did you write it down? Cool. We got some writers, some happy clapper writers. Praise God. I just want to do some rapid fire praying now. If you want to believe God for some sort of physical breakthrough, if you can, can you just stand right where you're at? Either your health, your blood sugar, your diabetes, pain, you want to see God bring breakthrough. I'm, I'm telling you, this is okay to fast and believe for this. In fact, the fast, especially if it's juice and vegetables, it actually might answer itself, believe it or not. <laughs> Praise God. So Lord, we just ask for grace right now. Come on, pray with me. We ask for grace for those who've stood today, for breakthrough in the physical, for their body, for their health, for their blood, for their heart, for their cholesterol. I don't care, Lord. For, for, I ask for breakthrough for those who are contending in this season for you to transform, to release grace and healing in some capacity. I bless them with grace and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated really quick. 
if it's something to do with depression or anxiety and you don't have to feel condemned. I've been on depression when I was 18. I mean, I know dep- I, I hate it. I declare war on it every day at the dark cloud. If you want to contend for God to bring breakthrough to some sort of your thought process, your mental capacity, your depression, anxiety, or fear, anything in the mind, anxiety, could you stand and you want to say, I want to see God bring breakthrough in that realm. And it's okay. You can stand for multiple things. You're not a, you're not a mess up. <laughs> so God is a big God. Praise God, you guys. This is awesome. Father, we just pray grace right now. Pray with me for those who are contending for breakthrough for, for, for their minds. We pray in Jesus' name for breakthrough. We ask for grace in this season that you would take these to a new level of freedom right now in Jesus' name. That this journey, though it will be have its ups and downs, bumps and bruises, that, Lord, there will be a literal transformation of our minds in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We're almost there. Keep going. You need breakthrough. I'll just call it relationships. So families, friends, neighbors, colleagues, you're saying chatty. God has to break in. I can't do this any longer. I need help from above. If that's you, can you stand? I want to pray grace on those relationships. That's tremendous. It's okay. Yeah, whatever it is, he's big. He's big. Let's pray. Just pray with me. I'm not praying alone up here. Father, we pray for breakthrough in families, in friendships, relationships. We ask, God, that we ask for the grace to begin the transformation journey. Relationships, friendships, neighbors, workers. I ask, God, for just a spirit of grace to to do the hard work of forgiving and receiving. Lord, release that grace, I pray today, over our church. In Jesus' name, amen. There's so many others, but I'll close with this. You are contending for God to do something in the realm of your work, your finances, even generosity, this issue of giving. Financial in some measure or opportunities. Can we, if that's you, can you stand? I want to just bless you for that next season, transformation in your giving or your finances or opportunities. Praise the Lord. Let's pray, church. If you see someone standing, just agree in prayer. Father, we ask for an increase of finances, provision for your glory's sake. We ask for open doors, opportunities. Father, we ask that you would make a way where it seems right now there is no way. God, would you come? Would you open heaven over those that are standing? Would they experience your grace in a renewed measure? Jesus, release it, the opportunities. Release the um, ideas, the dreams, the vision for where you want to lead those that are standing to greater levels of fruitfulness. Father, give them favor in the workplace. Give them favor in the application process. Give them grace and favor, Lord, we pray. Bless them, God. Free us from fear as it regards to our future. 
and release confidence and courage that you're a good God that knows how to take care of his children. Release it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. You don't need to go to the gym later today because you just did your squats if you stood up a lot. Last one. If you want a more vibrant relationship with Jesus, stand. If you want, if you, you're just saying, Chatty, this season, I want God to awaken love in my heart. I want, I don't want to be dull or insensitive. I don't want to be callous in my walk with God. I want to have a relationship with a person who has feelings and thoughts and opinions and a word, an agenda and a will and a purpose. If that's you, would you stand? Just put your hand on your heart and just say, Lord, new passion for this season to follow you. Lord, new passion for the pursuit of Christ who pursued us with everything. New passion for discipleship in communities. New passion to come out of the shadows of my walk with you and to walk into your glorious, marvelous light. Father, I pray a release, a release right now in this season as a church, a grace to pursue you and for fire to be set ablaze in our hearts and lives. We love you, God. And just say, I receive it. I receive it, Jesus. You're good. You are true. You are faithful. Amen.